I wasn't always very excited about math. I was more excited about reading novels and I thought I would become a writer one day. As a young girl, Mariam used to make up stories in her head. In her creations, one day she would be a leader, one day a hero, and some days she would travel the world to fulfill her destiny. Perhaps even more remarkable was her real life. She dared to dream in a nation fresh out of war and challenge social norms around her through her way to greatness. She saw the connections which threaded different fields of mathematics and explored the web of hyperbolic surfaces. Her research not only illuminated her own path but opened avenues for others who came after her. She was the first woman to be awarded a Fields Medal in Mathematics. We might know little of her, but every girl in Iran knows her name. Maria Mirzakhani was born on 12th May 1977 in Tehran, the capital city of Iran. As a child, she had no dreams of becoming a mathematician. All she wanted to do was read fictional books and watch TV documentaries of famous people including Marie Curie and Helen Keller. She was inspired to become a writer from a young age and had a habit of doodling. She completed her elementary school education in Tehran about the time when Iran-Iraq war ended. She moved to a Farzanigan school for her middle education. Farzanigan schools were established by Iran's National Organization for Development of Exceptional Talents. These schools had better resources and better paid teachers. Quoting her, I think I was the lucky generation. Any older, I would not have got these opportunities. In the same school, in 6th grade, she met Roya Beheshti, who would become her lifelong friend. Mirskani and Beheshti found a common interest to indulge in. They used to explore the bookstores near their school and buy random books off the shelves. Books during this period were cheap and they were not allowed to browse or read them in stores. Mirskani was an outstanding student, but she performed comparatively poorly in mathematics. Beheshti recollects, I even uh, remember a time when Mariam was not good at math. Um, in the first year, Mariam was the top student in every class except for math, where she was not among the top students. One of the memories that I have of that year is when our math teacher was returning our tests. Uh, it was toward the end of the academic year. Um, Mariam got her test back and she had a score of uh, 16 out of 20. Um, that was a difficult test, but uh, there were students who had done better than that. Mariam was so frustrated that uh, before putting the test in her bag, she tore it apart um, and said that that was it for her and she was not going to uh, even try to do better. This is Mariam when she was 11. Uh, that didn't last very long. After the summer break, uh, she came back with her confidence regained and she started to do uh, very well. Mirzakhani's mathematics teacher did not think of her as a talented student, which was a blow to her confidence. Quoting her, At that age, it is so important what others see in you. The following year, however, Mirzakhani had a more encouraging teacher and as a result, her confidence re-emerged. Beheshti and Mirzakhani found another common interest in mathematics after that. They both graduated to high school where they found questions to a national competition to pick candidates for International Olympiad in Informatics. 
they managed to solve three of the six problems over the course of several days. This gave Mirzakhani something to aspire for. She and Bahishti met their principal and demanded that they get problem-solving classes in mathematics comparable to the ones being taught in equivalent boys' school. Mirzakhani recalled her principal as being very supportive and strong, quoting, "If he really wanted something, she would make it happen." End quote. Their principal encouraged them, even though they had never been a goal on the international team. Mirzakhani believed that the support and encouragement she received from the principal. Coating has influenced my life quite a lot. End quote. Mirzkhani and Bahesti became the first women to qualify for the Iranian Math Olympiad team in 1994. Mirzkhani earned a gold medal that year, scoring 41 out of 42 points, and Bahesti won the silver medal with 35 out of 42 points. Mirzkhani wasn't done yet. She returned to the Olympiad the following year and achieved a perfect score. She was the first Iranian to do so and won two gold medals. Her solutions led to her first published paper in 1995 at the age of 18, titled "The Composition of Complete Tripartite Graphs into Five Cycles." So far, Mirzkhani had been enticed by the challenge of mathematics. In her own words, "I got excited about it, maybe just as a challenge." But then I realized that it's really nice, and it, I enjoy it. The Olympiads had ignited her deep love for mathematics. Mirzkhani completed her Bachelor of Science in Mathematics from Sharif University in 1999. During this, she and Bahishti wrote a book titled "Elementary Number Theory: Challenging Problems." This book that they wrote when they were 22 remains a standard reference for Olympiad training in Iran even today. After graduation, Mirzakhani went to graduate school at Harvard University on a scholarship. She started attending seminars by Professor Curtis T. McMillan, a field medalist for his work in complex dynamics, hyperbolic geometry, and Taylor theory. Even though the subjects fascinated her, she did not understand much of what was being talked about. She started going to McMillan's office and discussing questions while scribing notes in Farsi. Professor McMillan talking about her when she won the Fields Medal. She came to my office one day. She was quite humble and unpretentious, and she began peppering me with all sorts of questions. I think I was struck by her intense curiosity and drive. She started attending my seminar, and then I asked her to report on a paper about the phenomena of counting the number of simple loops on a donut on a surface with one hole. And she understood this paper very thoroughly and gave a nice talk on it. And then, to my surprise, she arrived in my office and said, "Well, I think I have an approach to doing this for surfaces with any number of holes—two, three, four, up to infinity." And then, completely on her own initiative, began developing this theory of counting simple closed loops on a surface. It was very intricate, and it opened up. A lot of topics that are not usually thought of as being closely related to one another. Mirzakhani became fascinated by hyperbolic surfaces. In real life, we look at things which are arranged in flat surfaces. The xy plane and the shortest distance between two points being a straight line are properties of Euclidean geometry, wherein the curvature of space is zero. If the curvature of the space is positive, it is called elliptical or spherical geometry. 
The shortest distance on a sphere is never a straight line, much like how airplanes travel over a curved path over the Earth. If the curvature of space is negative, it is called hyperbolic geometry. Every point of this geometry is curved like a saddle. Any surface eventually forms in on itself. We can classify surfaces into classes based on the number of holes in them. These holes are called genus. For example, a sphere has genus 0, a donut has genus 1, and a pretzel with two holes has genus 2, and so on. Hyperbolic geometry is famously difficult to visualize or even imagine. Mirza Khani, however, had an overabundance of imagination. She could not just understand but also form analogies and visualize the shapes and structures like characters from a story. The closed loops on surfaces that Mirzakhani studied are called closed geodesics. Geodesics are simply the straight lines of curved space, which join two points along the shortest distance. Imagine a surface like a sphere. If you start drawing a straight line from any point, it will eventually close back on itself. This is called a closed geodesic. Now imagine a genus 1 surface, a donut. It is harder to cut it in a straight line such that you reach the exact point again. Even slight deviation when you start could lead you in a spiral. Now imagine a shape like the letter 8 or symbol for infinity. This is a genus 2 surface. It is even harder to draw closed loops in this surface. Additionally, most of the closed geodesics of the shape would intersect with itself. Some however would not. These are called simple geodesics. These simple geodesics are important because they can be studied to define and study the surface themselves. One of the most important questions during Mirzkhani's time was how many simple closed geodesics of a specific length can a surface have? Mirzkhani's doctorate thesis in 2004 under Professor McMullen answered this question, which he explains rather proudly during her Fields Medal ceremony. This will be my first uh, result of Merzikani that I'd like to discuss. So the problem is, count the number of simple closed geodesics, simple loops on a fixed Riemann surface of length less than or equal to L. Most loops on a Riemann surface cross each other. And classically, one counts the number of all closed loops of length less than or equal to L. It grows exponentially fast. In fact, it's asymptotic to e to the L over L. What happens for simple loops? It's very hard for a loop on a Riemann surface to, re to not cross itself. There are many fewer simple loops. And what Merzikani proved in 2004 is that the number of simple loops on X grows not exponentially, but it grows like a polynomial. In fact, it's asymptotic to a constant depending on X times the length to the 6G minus 6. And although this is a theorem about one Riemann surface, to prove it, Merriam had to analyze all Riemann surfaces at once. That is, she had to integrate over moduli space, and she had to perform a delicate hyperbolic dissection, as she did. By investigating this very natural and naive question about one Riemann surface, Merriam was led to a cascade of unexpected new results. So first, she gave a new proof of the Witten conjecture. Witten's original proof of this and the intuition behind it is string theory. And there's still no 
no rigorous mathematical justification of this intuition. What Mertzikhani was able to do was show that this formula flows forth naturally when one starts with a simple geometric problem concerning simple curves on a Riemann surface. So it emerges from an almost classical geometric discussion. Mirzkhani's work on the volume of modelized spaces was important on its own. But she was also able to weave this into other major research questions. One of them was Witten conjecture in the mathematics of string theory, and the other was giving crucial statistics of surfaces depending upon their genus. It was her ability to see these connections that make Mirzkhani's work so special. It is atypical for a graduate student to make such an impact with their doctoral thesis. As a future collaborator, Alex Wright describes, Solving each of these problems would have been an event on their own. Finding the connection would have been an event on its own. Mirzkhani did both and also found the connection. She published her thesis in three papers in top journals of mathematics. Jan von Drack recalled a run with his about-to-be wife, Miriam. Quoting, She was very petite, and I was in good shape, so I thought I would do well, and at first I was ahead. But she never slows down. After half an hour, I was done, but she was still running at the same pace. End quote. Mirzkhani had similar approach to her work. She was a self-proclaimed slow mathematician. She liked to chew on her problems for months or years and eventually produce results which were more elegant than anyone would have expected. Her work almost always involved doodling, a habit she had from childhood. Quoting her husband, she has these huge pieces of papers on the floor and spends hours and hours drawing what looked to me the same picture over and over. End quote. During an interview, Mirzkhani said, The process of drawing something helps you somehow to stay connected. Mirzkhani and Wondrak's daughter, Anahita, used to exclaim, Oh, mommy is painting again, when Mariam was working. In 2006, Mariam was working on the problem of hyperbolic surfaces when its geometry is deformed. Imagine the letter 8 being twisted. Before her work, quoting Macmillan, this problem was completely unapproachable, end quote. She compared this mechanism of deforming shapes with the type of earthquake. Macmillan says, with one-line proof, she constructed a bridge between this completely opaque theory and another theory that is completely transparent. It illustrates uh, a kind of thinking that I think is very novel and is very characteristic of Mertzikhani's research. Namely, I've been discussing moduli space as if it has these two different personalities that are battling for control of moduli space. And what Mertzikhani did to prove this result is she constructed a bridge from one side to the other and then you can take whatever somebody had proved on one side of the bridge, carry it over to the other side and call it your own theorem. So that's, uh, that's uh, the kind of thinking that I think uh, just um, was completely unexpected and is bound to lead to, um, to, to many new results and, and many new ways of looking at moduli spaces. Mariam began working with one of her favorite collaborators, Alex Eskin, in 2006. He recalls, quoting, She is very optimistic and that's infectious. 
when you work with her you feel you have a much better chance of solving problems that at first seem hopeless and good after doing a few projects together they decided to work on the billiards problem quoting mariam if you have a billiard table and you start from a point and you hit the ball and it hits the boundaries and it moves say forever you want to see the trajectory of the ball would it cover all your billiard table can you find closed billiard paths and interestingly enough this is an open question in general if you don't put any restrictions on the angles of the polygon that you started billiards provide some of the simplest examples of dynamic systems dynamic systems are systems that evolve over time according to a given set of rules the behavior of the ball has proven unexpectedly hard to pinpoint quoting alex wright a future collaborator and a researcher at stanford rational billiards got started a century ago when some physicists were sitting around and saying let's understand a billiard ball bouncing in a triangle they thought they would be done in a week but 100 years later we are still talking about it imagine a billiards table if a ball moving is bounced off a side it would do so in a specific angle you could put a mirror on that side and it would seem as if the reflection of the ball is continuing to move in the same direction you can therefore keep extending these mirror tables and the ball would keep moving in the same direction if you end up with the table oriented in the same way as the original table you can assume that the ball's path is a loop if you glue together these mirrors in a hyperbolic space you would end up in an orbit of the ball Before Merzkani, Macmillan, her thesis adviser, had famously provided calculation and results on this problem for surfaces of genus 2. His research was hailed as a huge advance in the field. Although even before he had published, Merriam, still a graduate student, had approached him and asked, quoting, "Why did you just do genus 2?" and good. Macmillan says, quoting, "That's the kind of person she is." what she sees hints of she wants to understand more clearly and good after 5 years of slow and tedious work in 2013 mirzakhani and eskin succeeded in generalizing macmillan's results for all surfaces of genus more than 2 eskin said it was mirzakhani's optimism and tenacity that kept the pair going quoting sometimes there were setbacks but she never panicked and good Alex Wright says, quoting, "It is as if we were trying to log a redwood forest with a hatchet before, but now they have invented a chainsaw." End quote. Mirzkhani herself was amazed that they did not give up, quoting, "If we knew things would be so complicated, I think we would have given up." End quote. She continues, however, quoting, "I don't know actually, I don't know. I don't give up easily." End quote. In 2014, Maria Mirzakhani became the first woman and the first Iranian to be awarded a Fields Medal in Mathematics, which is considered to be the Nobel Prize of Mathematics. Dr. Beheshti neglects. Uh, Maria never liked to brag or even um, talk about her achievements, and um, that's something that everyone who uh, has had any interactions with her uh, attests to. Um, to me it is uh, very impressive that she could combine that uh, with her other um, extraordinary qualities 
she always dreamed very big. Uh, she was very confident, um, determined, focused, hardworking. When asked about her contributions, Miriam once said, quoting, To be honest, I don't think I have had a very huge contribution, end quote. She did not want to be the face of women in mathematics. She much rather focused on her research. When she received the email regarding her winning the Fields Medal, she assumed that the account from which the email was sent was hacked. The country of Iran was very proud of her achievements. However, the newspapers in Iran ran old photos of her with a hijab on or edited her images to add a scarf on her. In 2013, an year before her medal, she had been diagnosed with breast cancer. She had started treatments and was gradually getting better. She did not want to slow down and started planning collaborations with Alex Wright regarding a magic wand of understanding billiards and translation surfaces. In 2016, her cancer reappeared and had spread to her bones and liver. Roya Beheshti recollects, Uh, it was always inspiring to talk to Mariam about math, um, even during the last year after uh, she was diagnosed with uh, recurrent cancer. Her focus was not her research anymore. It was uh, her health, of course. Um, although uh, she did uh, still take her responsibilities seriously, um, corresponding with her students and writing recommendation letters, uh, it was a difficult time. Uh, but uh, still, when it came to anything related to math, Uh, it was uplifting and inspiring to talk to her. She had such a positive personality. Uh, it really always uh, felt good to talk to her. Mariam prioritized her health and started spending more time with her family. However, she did not stop carrying out her responsibilities. She still taught classes, graded papers and guided students. While her parents in Iran could not get a visa to visit her because of a blanket ban by USA, her husband and her sister were with her. Mariam's parents finally met her in her last months. In 2017, at the age of 40, she passed away. The nation of Iran mourned her and its president tweeted a photo of her without a hijab on to break taboo. She was the first woman since 1976 whose photo was published in Iranian newspapers without a scarf. She once said, quoting, You have to ignore the low-hanging fruit, which is a little tricky. I'm not sure if it's the best way of doing things, actually. You're torturing yourself along the way. End quote. She always wanted to be a writer. So she wrote a story that continues to inspire young women in Iran and the world over. This is the story of Maria Mirzakhani.